0: That
1: was how to make the elixir of life and holy grail. Next up,
0: I'm a mortal. Your source for all things immortal.
2: Hi, my name is Nina Kara. I'm a student, teenager, whatever you want to call it. Um, sort of who's very interested in preventing aging-related diseases, especially those in the brain. And yeah, I've been doing some stuff, I guess, around that for the past little while. So um, I guess I first got interested in the field when I was like, I'm not giving a whole life story here, I guess, but I guess I first got interested in the field when I was, you know, um, I think 12 and I was sort of just really interested. It, it it sounds like, yeah, um, I mean, I'm just interested in, sort of in like senescence and, um, you know, how that could be linked to dementias. So I sort of went from there. And yeah, now um I've done a few projects with different labs um in um, both San Diego, but also, you know, in Boston, too. I guess the firm located located it. Um, and um, yeah, uh, and I'm also working on a biological age test right now to sort of uh, assess for aging diseases. So, yeah, that's what I'm currently doing. And that's, I guess, an intro.
0: Great. So we know you're we involved in a lot of things, and I'm sure we'll run through a lot of these as we continue our conversation. But as a rough question, like, what does a day in your life look like?
2: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's never like, it's never, I don't think it's ever like the same. I have, you know, one day, I guess. But I guess I wake up sort of, I wake up pretty early just because it works for me. I feel like everyone has their own lifestyles that works for them, And I wake up at five, which sounds really early. And it's not, I'm not, I'm obviously not like one of those, you know, workout people who's like, yeah, I'm going to wake up at like four in the morning and suddenly, you know, hit the weight or whatever. Like, not like that. But I definitely do, Um, I do wake up early just because um, it's a really productive time for me, so I should get a lot of work done. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I eat breakfast, um, and then, um, I don't really know how much detail you want, but, um, (laughs) it's okay. Yeah, and then I just, I guess I just, I don't know, it's like, it's, it tends to sort of work sort of with calls interspersed in between, depending on what I need to do that day. And yeah, that's sort of, I guess, a day in the life.
1: Oh, so I'm quite, I'm curious then, because you're still in high school, Right. How are you balancing all these projects while still, you know, like some people for them, high school is already enough. So how are you like managing all these things at once?
2: Yeah, I guess I have like a very detailed, you know, Notion to do list type thing. Uh, that notion. I, yeah, yes. it's 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 very much been a savior. So I do a lot of that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like you know, high school. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I described my daily routine during the summer. I guess during high school was sort of um, work interspersed by high school. But basically, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I I I guess it's sort of just um. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I guess I just feel like I have I have a little bit of the bandwidth for, you know, high school, but a few other things. So I, I guess I just treat like, you know, um, you know, longevity and aging as sort of my other things, <laughs> maybe instead of sports or something like that.
1: Okay, actually, before we ask some more personal questions, I do have to ask, given that this podcast is called I'm Immortal. Um, we always ask our guests what the word immortal or immortality means to them. So I was wondering what your take on it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, on a very, you know, um, like and Bumpster type definition, you know, it does mean, you know, living forever. But I guess, um, I don't know, I, I, if, if we were to become immortal, for you know, that would be really cool if we were to become immortal. Um, I guess the sort of, I guess what that would mean to me is sort of living, yes, living super long, but also living a life without, um, you know, the quality of life deteriorating near the end because I think that that's sort of a major problem with it obviously with, with aging and um, whatnot today. So I think that, I don't know, I think that's sort of our, should be our main priority to solve first, before we, you know, embark into immortality. Right, right.
0: Guess. Yeah. So based on your definition, would you, if you given the opportunity, would you take the opportunity to have an extended life or potentially be immortal?
2: Well, I don't know, because I think it really depends on the circumstances in the world at the time that I would get that opportunity, right? Because I think that, you know, right now, there are a lot of like problems in our world that I feel like would be further exacerbated by, you know, um, by like overpopulation, or just having way too much. I don't know if I use, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, um, overpopulation, way too many people, you know. And if like, if I, I just feel like if I was using up all the resources, and suddenly, you know, everyone, I, I guess everyone is immortal. Uh, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people were immortal. And I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people would say yes. Um, and you know, they were using up resources, and I don't know. I feel like it would further kind of create um that inequality gap, just you know, between the rich and the poor and whatnot. So. I don't know. I, I, at the moment, if if someone somehow invented a immortality cure at the moment, but if we're at a point where our world is a lot more advanced and we, I don't know, we've solved the, I don't know if we solved, but like you know, we've definitely alleviated at least a lot more issues. Then I'd probably consider it, depending on some other things.
1: Okay, that's a good answer. And oh, sorry, jumping back to the personal questions I was mentioning, because you said you got interested in this sort of longevity aging field when you were 12. I am curious, was there a specific person or book that really got you into it? Because I remember reading your existential existence is funny article, which I was like, Oh, wow, you've been thinking about death and what's the meaning of life for a really long time. So yeah, do you have some particular inspiration you want to share with us?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely, I mean, that was like 14-year-old amateur philosopher me um, talking there, but I don't really, yeah, I, that was an interesting article I wrote. Um, t- but basically, I guess in terms of like interest, I don't know. Um, I would say it's sort of... Um, Definitely like relatives going through different, you know, diseases and problems in, in that area. Um, it definitely did interest me a lot, but I mean, I also sort of, um, around that time, I joined a program, a sort of a knowledge incubator type thing, like that sort of, I guess to sort of help me realize that, I don't know, it sort of gave me, it gave me sort of. The ability to realize that hey maybe i could actually do stuff and maybe i don't have to like wait until i don't know i'm 20 to actually start like learning a things or not 20 i guess like you know i'm 18 or 19 to start like you know researching things and like try to solve the problems i want to solve so i guess that, that 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 really helped me it's called tks it was pretty cool um so yeah i don't know um i think that is definitely yeah yeah i think I'll, there are a lot of motivations there
0: Okay, great. Speaking of things that I guess older adults or 20 year olds do, you've presented and attended a lot of longevity discussion, spaces, interviews, even this one, technically, um, being a younger person, even younger than us, because normally we find where the young ones around there. Uh, do you think you're taken seriously in these type of spaces? Or do you feel like there's some type of, I guess, age bias? Um, I don't
2: know, I think it depends on the conference. I think there's a lot of them where, you know, I, a lot of them where I am and a lot of them people, you know, really want to hear what I have to say. And there are some others where definitely I am some sort of like you know almost, I don't know it's like kind sort of a buzzy thing right like I end up being sort of a um, you know very cool thing for them to show and it's like oh okay <laughs> thanks I guess and then but they don't make it I'm not as I guess with as much you know I don't know um yeah I guess I, I like an adult would be but I mean I, I mean I sort of it yeah I guess it really just depends on the event it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it ne- there's necessarily a general rule for this I I just I sort of, I learned like to. I don't know be fine with it I get it like I get I people sort of wanting to you know feel like oh it's cool there's like someone who's a teenager and, and working on longevity you know I think that's awesome and you know I, I don't know it's it's fine <laughs> but yeah
1: yeah yeah I mean you own being a teenager right like I, feel, I, I read on your website like I think you've said it. like if you haven't said it yet or seen this yet I'm a teenager once again so <laughs> hey as long as you own it right
2: yeah you know exactly
1: okay oh and I actually did want to ask because I'm sure that some of your peers in school or even your friends, they're. They're aware of, well, you know, what you do, your interests. Do you think that other people your age in your class do that? Do you think they have the same perspective that you do on a, that aging is, you know, there's kind of a problem here that we're not thinking about? Or are they thinking, man, Nina's views are so radical. I don't know what she's talking about. Or sort of what umbrella does it fall under?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like when I explain to people, when I talk, I don't tend to talk about it as much within, my, you know, age to age years i just i mean i i mean i don't know it's just not like you know it's i feel like everyone has their thing right i guess this is sort of mine um but i don't know i, I feel like the people who i do talk to about it i mean i think you know we we be sort of we when they do have little sort of qualms we have discussions about it we sort of prove i guess level on some sort of level even if it's like slightly tilted you know like they might have you know a completely different view about certain things but i mean i don't know i i I don't think anyone thinks are completely radical around aging. I think a lot of people understand and especially a lot of people understand the aging that it component because I think that's the most relatable component of this mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say this much. When I was, I'll, I'll sound like a very old person right now, but when I was your age, I was not even thinking about the things you're talking about and writing about. Mm-hmm. So already much more impressive. So I'm going to jump into more of, I guess, a life extension, health span, conversation and question space. Um, so what do you think about life and health span extension or sorry health span extension being the number one priority for humanity do you think there's something else we should be focusing on like a more pressing issue
2: well I don't know because I think that you know on one hand I do think that um, you know health span is a pretty important issue I think we should all focus on it but at the same time um, you know there are a lot of other issues unfortunately right you know there's health span but there's also you know um, climate change there's also you um, know I don't know. Um, there's poverty, there's homelessness, there's there's so many things that, you know, we could focus on. I guess it's just, you know, about putting the people who want to focus on the health span and want to focus on aging and longevity towards that. And um there are a lot of people who do obviously because there's so much personal relation with age related diseases and seeing that, you know, problem in action. So yeah, I, I don't know if it's our most, I don't think it's, I, I don't know if it's our single most important problem, like, in the sense that, but I think that it shares a spot on the top. Like, it, it's it's, uh, it's definitely up there. It's just, you know, there are a lot of other problems, too, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, do you think, I guess, solving aging or helping it in some sort of way could help some of these top problems?
2: Well, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure it's, I've looked into sort of how it affects other different problems. I mean i think that you know I, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it could impact it in, in, in some sense but i don't know if there's like i, I don't know if in the top sort of problems there is a big link where i'm like okay yeah if i if, if, if you know we all solve aging aging and health span, then you know we'd immediately solve this other problem you know but at the same time there are small impacts you can make i think hmm.
1: okay yeah no, no i agree i agree um and i guess getting back to the more life extensions thing the topic that Sue was talking about um, I know there's a lot of other issues, but I want to ask your opinion on the damage repair paradigm that I feel like every longevity researcher is kind of preaching out there. Is, do you think that's the main way we should be approaching aging? Or are there other considerations that maybe I haven't heard of that we should also be discussing as well?
2: I think the damage repair sort of area is really interesting. Um, I know that Send is doing a lot of cool work in that area, and I mean, I know you guys are interviewing Aubrey as well, so <laughs> there's that. But um, yeah, no, very fascinating work. Uh, I know Reason from Fine Aging is doing some cool work in repair biotechnologies there too. So yeah, for sure, I think there's a lot of a lot of interesting area. I don't know. I think that's a really interesting area. I think prevention is also somewhere I'm just super interested in because um, you know there's a lot of you know theories that. Um, you know, uh, different age white diseases actually start when you're much younger, and they start like you know manifesting. And not, but they start. You know, um, I guess the, the, the pathology starts a little. You know, they start to sort of form. I guess there, there's sort of a theory. There's a few theories around that. So um, I don't know. I and, and I, I think that's I think that's also a really interesting area. I'm not I'm not saying that those aren't totally related. Like damage repair and re- prevention, it's pretty related, but at the same time, like you know, I feel like repairing after the fact and prevention, like they're different. They're kind of different things. You know, so I don't know. I feel like. um but at the same time, you know, I think damage repair is a, a very, you know, it's also it's a realistic solution in the sense that, you know, most people aren't going to be like, when I'm, you know, 20, I'm going to start working to, you know, um, <laughs> prevent a diseases eating eating. like no one thinks like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think they both have their place. I think they're both very cool areas. So, yeah.
0: So what do you, I know 2050 is a long time away, even for us. It's what, 2021, we still got 30 years to go. Um, but do you have any predictions in the longevity field of things that might be, uh, I guess, invented by 2050 or exist by 2050?
2: Hmm. I don't, because I don't want to look back at this from 2050 and be like, wait a minute, <laughs> okay, I'm <Right>. totally wrong. <laughs> but I guess, hmm, because I don't know if there's anything, any because I think every sort of technology is at a point where, you know, I don't know. I feel like we need to research the basic, you know, mechanisms of aging a lot more and kind of formulate a better theory of aging. I don't know. That's something I've been very interested in. Sort of like, because there's a lot of different theories of aging. There's a, there's a ton. I'm sure I'm sure you've done know you know from your research and whatnot. There's a ton out there. Like there's stuff around, you know, like there's a the free radical theory, you know, there's some specific, you know, processes, but then there's also some around, you know, like the deleterium or something like that around, like you know, all encompassing things that, you know, um, there' different a bunch of different processes that are working in together. and It's really interesting, but at the same time, it's sort of like it's confusing because like which which one do we believe? Which one do we go with? So I don't know. I feel like more research needs to be done to confirm which theory is the case, or to maybe even produce a totally new theory, maybe not even around a theory, but just like understanding basic you. I don't know. Yeah, I guess a theory. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that's generally what I'm sort of hoping will happen. And then and then I think we'll have a lot more clarity on aging therapeutics to make a lot of uh, therapeutics, but also just prevention and whatnot to make a lot of significant progress. But at the same time, I think that you know we will definitely have some um, pretty cool, especially aging-related diseases, aging-related disease-specific um, therapies emerge in the next few years. But um, I mean, I, I know of a lot of them working on it. I know there's a company who's working on literally extending, you know, preventing aging-related diseases in dogs, which I think is so oh, wow. cool. That is
1: cool. Oh, that's cool.
2: I my- know it's co- yeah, it's called Loyal. It's really cool. But yeah, so Loyal. there's I, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah.
1: Okay, so just before we jump into, because I know Sufa has some questions about biotin, which we're definitely going to talk about. Just to get, or just to give people sort of the scope that you're coming from, would you put yourself in the camp of being transhumanist? Meaning that some people who who are pro super longevity are also like, I guess the best example off the top of my head is Jose Cordero, who's also, I want super intelligence, super happiness, super everything. Are you only interested in the super like longevity health span side of things, or are there other areas of like I don't know if you care about cryonics and mind uploading, all these other crazy things? Where do you where do you come from in terms of these perspectives?
2: I mean, I think this technologies are absolutely fascinating, but I feel like I don't know. Personally, right now, I'm focusing my efforts and whatnot on, you know, aging and aging with diseases. But at the same time, there's definitely something I don't know. If, if there's a little more progress in those areas, I'd love to, I'd love to see your progress. I'd love to see, you know, uh, I'd love to see a time where we can upload our brain, like, you know, upload our brain somewhere and that kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, right now, I guess I focus my focus and my interest is really in aging and like, aging related diseases.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Now it's time for, I guess, talking more about your initiatives and what you're doing as you're speaking of. So can you tell us what biotin is, if I'm pronouncing that right, biotin, and what was the motivation behind it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for pronouncing it right, actually. A lot of people pronounce it like biotin, like the hair molecule. Uh, Uh. So good job. Um, But yeah, basically, um, biotin is a company that's working to prevent aging-related diseases and sort of create a future where they just don't exist. So that's that's our goal. Um, so we're doing that. Yeah, I mean it's it's lofty. That's that that is our goal sort of long term. We have a lot of ideas and projects we're, we're dreaming up at the moment. But one of our, our main things right now is um an accessible biological age test. So right now um I don't know if you've looked into the area of biological age tests and all, but um I don't uh, there's a lot of biological age tests sort of existing and um, you know a few a, a lot of them are sort of very geared towards biohackers and as a result are sort of more expensive but all, all very comprehensive too you know and we realized that you know we wanted to sort of we realized this was a really cool sort of applicable concept because we wanted to sort of well i guess the original motivation stemmed from obviously lowering age related disease rates after talking to a lot of people we realized that was just because you know well number one there was like there's there's real lifestyle ways to sort of lower these rates But, you know, not many people are doing it because, you know, number one, they don't know what to do because they like, there's like a ton of things online. Like, you know, how do you figure out what to implement in your life? And also, you know, how do you see the progress? You know, how do you see yourself get closer to your goal? There's like not that much motivation there because you're like, yeah, I'm 20, but like, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe I won't have a disease when I'm 70, but you know, in the next 50 years, like how do I know if I'm actually working towards that and how do I know my progress towards that? Like, how do I stay motivated in that sense? So we realized that, you know, um, that's a, we thought that would be a really cool area to address. Sorry, I'm talking about the whole history, but I figured no I figured that would be kind of relevant. But basically, um, you know, then we realized that this sort of existed. and It was already biological age tests, but we realized this was there was sort of a barrier from the general population to access them because you know some accessibility issues regarding price and whatnot. And we realized that they provide a lot of data, which is super useful to biohackers and people who are very interested in their health. People who aren't as interested in their health, like providing overviews, is you know what they want. Really, so um, what we realized was we could make sort of a um, more accessible, so quicker, sort of cheaper biological age test, but it's not comprehensive. So obviously, that is a trade off. Um, but that is sort of something that you know we think is a fine trade off because you know people don't want a, a lot of general population is really want all that data. So yeah, um, that's sort of our goal to what we're doing um, right now. We're actually developing you know the technology for that, so that's really exciting to us. Um, we'll be testing it soon and. Um, yeah, I, I have no, I, 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 yeah, I can't give much of a timeline around that because, you know, we're, it's science, so everything gets delayed all the time, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that's an (laughs) overview.
1: Okay. No, that's a good summary. Um, and I appreciate the background as well in terms of the history, because yeah, hearing about someone's motivation for the project is always interesting. Uh, I I guess I want to ask then, because like you said, there's a lot of other biological age tests out there what i don't know if you're allowed to share with us what exactly you're measuring to determine biological age but i guess how does yours different from what's already out there in the field
2: yeah so we're not like being super you know um giving us of information at the moment just because it's so like you know we, we want to um, first get the high guy can get like an mvp out but at the same time i will get obviously and I, I obviously i'm not like you know no no information but like you know sort of i guess the uh, I guess i guess what's what sort of it's um, what we are doing, how the difference is um, we use sort of a technology, the like, similar technology to sort of the one using pregnancy tests um, to sort of give really quick, and, and it, obviously maybe the well, pregnancy tests are yes, no, so how are you sort of adopting this? Well, um, we're actually sort of turning this to a quantitative type thing, so I, I, I don't know how, I, I'm trying not to do this too many details just because this is something obviously um, we're still working on, so I don't want to be fully like, <laughs> but right. no, to- no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, but basically our, what we're doing is we're measuring a bunch of different proteins and we're figuring out based off of that, you know, where, how, based on what these proteins tell us about your aging process, like, what, how is your aging process, you know, and what, how does that sort of inform your risk for aging diseases? And we're sort of doing that type of thing. Um, but we're just sort of doing it in a quicker and more accessible manner. Um, but, you know, it does provide a little bit less data on your specific you know your aging process which um yeah that, that i guess that's sort of an overview but i there will definitely be more details coming out in the next little while so yeah
0: yeah perfect so on biotin, i believe it was you mentioned that you want to cure brain aging do you think that solving brain aging is should it be a separate effort from curing aging itself or do you think they're interconnected
2: I think they're very interconnected. The reason we specifically mentioned brain aging is just because that's been our specific interest for a while. And, you know, we we, we obviously wanted to illustrate that. But at the same time, general aging is obviously very, very very similar. They're basically the same thing. But brain aging obviously is a bit more specialized, I guess, area of aging. But, you know, it's, I guess, the area we'd be focusing on initially. And then we want to sort of expand our efforts from there to about aging and the, yeah we have a lot of different ideas for brain aging at the moment but these will be like very moonshotty shoddy type you know <laughs> exciting ex- yeah exciting initiatives that we want to do after so, or what we're doing we're sort of thinking of them right now what we want to do after our biological age test and yeah we're very excited for those
1: oh okay great and i guess because we're talking about initiatives right now i am curious what your. i know it's you know, it's, you're, you're young, but, like, I figure someone, like, you might have some plans at least two, maybe five, heck, I don't know, maybe even ten years in the future. Do you have a sort of career ambition, like, what you want to do in this space when you're older?
2: Right now, I know what I want to do right now. Like, I, I know what I want to be doing right now, and I am doing it. So, but the thing is, I'm... I'm not sure because I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm. Well, number one, I, don't, I can't be sure what is gonna bring. But I mean, I I I have goals. I have you know. There there are things I want to do, and my goal overall goal is to do something bigger around brain aging and to make a significant impact on that area. But at the same time, you know, I don't necessarily know the means, the ways I'm going to get there. I mean, right now I'm in um I'm, I just finished tenth grade, so obviously there's a lot of you know um you know there's uh yeah I have a few years of high school left, and then I have um. You know, um, I guess what I decide to do from there, what I what I decide to do from there, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know if I can give you a concrete answer right now. I I have ideas. I I have on my whiteboard there. There's like a ton. Well, I guess the podcast audience will be able to see the whiteboard, but or see my room where there is the whiteboard. But basically, on my whiteboard, I have a ton of you know um pros and cons things. So yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So, but you, I guess your plan is. Get to the end of high school, figure out, figure it out, right? <laughs> For at least yeah. what you're doing right yeah. now. Okay, okay. No, that's good. Yeah, I didn't mean it to be fair. So before in high school, we didn't know what to do. Ooh, we were doing even in grade 12. Not, so not at all. It, I, yeah, understandable. <laughs> understandable.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to jump into a few questions about AI. I, I I, don't recall where I read about it, but I heard you were using AI in bioteen, I believe, or somewhere else. But um, like, how did you even get to the idea of using AI? I know it is like a common, I, I guess it's the standard practice almost, or it's becoming the standard practice how did you yourself get involved
2: oh well, yeah I, I, I i've been interested in computer programming since i was like a very young kid i like, guess always been I, I was literally coding like a fun game before before um we, we hopped on the podcast but um i don't know i i guess um uh, it was sort of just you know i was again i learned about it through that sort of incubator type program thing and you know my original idea for BioGene was completely different than what we're doing now but it was around ai and as a result we sort of realized that you know as our idea evolved to where it is today, you know, we sort of, I guess, AI just sort of became an integral part of it. Um, you know, we're using it in sort of our recommendations. So giving by-side recommendations to people we are also using it um, for something we're going to try in the future, which is predictions and predicting how people's, you know, um, biological age can evolve based off of habits. This is very, very preliminary, by the way, So but yeah, have um, based off of their habits and based off their kind of their biological age. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess um, it was just sort of, Yeah, it was sort of, I guess, part of the idea because I was just learning about it a lot. And it was just something that it's always something that's been super interesting to me. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you think that there's any fields other than healthcare and longevity that you think should also be making this initiative to possibly incorporate the use of machine learning algorithms and AI?
2: yeah i mean i i think there are like ai companies for everything now it's very cool like um i mean i i know someone i know was um working on an ai startup to generate recipes from you know it would like, generate recipes and i thought it was really cool um this this a i mean there's ai in the search engine we use. yeah for sure i think i think honestly any other field can consider incorporating it because you know i i think i think um i don't know i, I can't think of a specific example that has not already at least like been trying to incorporate it which is the thing but I feel like it's become it's become a standard practice in a lot more fields of longevity and healthcare right
0: mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. definitely I I would be very curious to try AI generated mac and cheese recipe I think, that'd be, I think that'd <laughs> that would be mac and cheese that would be good yeah well I
1: guess in the context of healthcare though are there as I know you're about using AI in your own sort of initiative but are there other uh, examples of AI being used in healthcare that you thought you think are really really cool that you want to share with our audience?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, AI being used in drug discovery and to generate sort of, um, yeah, drug candidates is really cool. I think that's, um, I think that's one of the coolest applications. Um, I also think, hmm, I'm trying to think, there's a lot of, there's a lot of AI examples of AI being used in longevity, especially with imaging. AI being used like breast cancer images or, you know, just images of, um, you know, some projects I did uh, a while back. And I think people have done variations of this project too. Um, you know, not, not, not based on mine or anything like that, but like before, <laughs> but they did something, you know, looking at like organelles or just nesting cells totally. And just comparing it with proliferating cells and quiescent cells and whatnot, and um, using AI to sort of determine, you know, features that distinguish them. Um, that's really cool. And, you know, I know some people did that with the nucleus, I think. Um, I did it with the mitochondria. I know some people did it with some other organelles, which I thought was really awesome.
0: Fair. So... I think we're going to switch. We're, I guess we're nearing near, near the end of our podcast. So I'm going to ask a few more questions regarding advice and what you can tell, I guess, other youth who potentially be listening to this podcast. Um, I know you've been working in the, oh, I'm going to butcher this, the Gladyshev Lab with and also with Dr. Michael Fossil. So do you have any advice for anyone who's looking to get into research or work with a project in a type of, like a lab like that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, getting into research... I just recommend like first off I travel well, what I did was I spent a while sort of building up my portfolio building up you know what I what I'd done and not even like oh because it's like you know that's when it becomes like a catch 22 I've got to get experience uh, I've got to have experience to get experience just like wait a minute so that's kind of hard but what but I did was sort of stuff I could do on my own, like little longevity, sort of, um, I, I bought like a, I, well, I mean, you don't you don't have to do this, but I think there was this one company that, you know, like you sort of gene edit like Bacteria, it was really cool. So i I tried getting experience in that. Um, you don't, obviously, that then, you also can do it in non-spending money ways. You can write a bunch of articles, you can read a bunch of papers, write your summary, summaries of them, just like get, get to the point where you have like a sufficient body of work. Maybe even write research proposals, I think that's so cool. If you have an idea, just like, You know, make it, uh, make it into a proposal, and then from there, I think once you have a sufficient body of work, like you know, and you feel you feel like a submission, you feel like you can look at this and like, okay, this kid's, you feel like someone would be like, oh, okay, you know, this kid's clearly interested in this and they want to clearly go further and they've done some stuff, um, and then you know, I recommend starting to research professors. Just you know, there's there's no there's no, I mean you miss, I mean I'm gonna be corny right now, right now, but you miss all the shots you don't take, right? So like. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you miss all the shots and downsides, right? So might as well, like, I don't know. Might, might as well, you know, even if just, I get, I, I guess just try reaching out to providing me check professors, even if you're scared, just go for it. Like, there's no point in not doing it, right? So yeah, I guess that's sort of, um, the way I sort of view it. And then, yeah, from there, things tend to work out. You always get really nervous, but things tend to work. Out. And if not, just keep building your portfolio. Keep on, like, sort of working at it
1: yeah maybe eventually if you do 10 years you do a phd maybe we'll let you out on. and i'm immortal who knows right maybe only then <laughs>
2: yeah maybe, yeah, maybe. uh th-
1: but i know you because you're coming from a very i mean man oh yeah you're not having taken like graceful biology yet but like you're already super into the field of biology and you have a much more i guess scientific approach than what other people might have so for other people who let's say want to help in terms of the longevity field but are like hey phd come on i'm not like david sinclair okay i'm not i'm not going to go to harvard and spend all this time doing all this are there other ways you could see young people helping in the longevity field that are not necessarily involved like super much or super in the lab or reading research papers like how else can they help out that's not being a scientist pretty much
2: yeah totally i mean i think public you know just the public approach thoughts on longevity could definitely be improved so i think you know being an advocate in any way just i mean no like you know but just i think that you know we've been writing articles just about like cool stuff that's happening you don't need to necessarily be scientific to do that you don't need to have a phd to write an article about you know stuff happening in the scientific field um but I, I think that you know doing something like that would be really cool just writing articles, like any sort of advocacy. I know there's really cool organizations also that sort of do this kind of stuff around longevity. So I know Leaf, um, you know, the Leaf organization does that or, or, or life Io sort of like I guess, yeah. Um that's really they do really awesome stuff. I've written some articles for them and I totally recommend reaching out, like if you're, you know, interested in just maybe try volunteering for you know um, them or publications like them. I don't know if Longevity.technology also takes, you know, volunteers, but they're a pretty cool Longevity publication as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think just being I think really what the field also means means is advocacy. If you if you have the means to donate, donate too. But like I think like advocacy is like a big way to help.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Nina, if there's one thing for the audience to take from our conversation today, what do you think it should be?
2: Hmm, okay. So I mean I think I, I sort of just hope that, you know, I mean, this is, I guess, one of the things I mentioned at the beginning, but that they take away, you know, that aging prevention, well, not, well, yeah, I guess sort of life extension and whatnot is much more about much more than just extending lifespan but also just sort of increasing the quality of life and the amount of time you get to spend with your, you, you and you know your relatives get to spend with the people around them um because i think that's the i think that's in the end the real goal we just want more of that sort of happy and you know together time in, in the end right and in, in time to pursue our passions and whatnot so i hope they sort of took that away but i guess like all you know the also the advice around youth and stuff i hope that was helpful in any way so yeah Okay.
1: And final question for me, unless there's any more, is where can people go find your work, um, get involved in it? Or, you know, if, I don't know if you have a donate thing for bioteam, but even support it.
2: Yeah. Um, for sure. So basically, I mean, I, I have my website, ninacara.com. Um, I'm sure like my name is spelled in the podcast somewhere. So, um, yeah, you can look, you, you can look there for the selling, but, um, yeah. And, uh, i guess also you know you can go our, our website for biotein is b-i-o-t-e-i-n uh, Research.ca. so you can go there um to yes i guess i guess check us out um yeah and i mean if you have any sort of i guess um ideas or you want to support us in any way just email us at or you just yeah, i guess just email me um you know if, if you have any other questions at karenina gmail.com and that's my last name and my first name at gmail.com so yeah just yeah
1: Okay, great. Yeah, guys, go go reach out. And anything we've discussed, like the links that Nina just mentioned, will be in the description below. Once again, thank you, Nina, for coming on to I'm Immortal, your source for all things Immortal. We really appreciate you coming on today to speak with us.
0: Yeah, no
2: problem. Thank you, Patty.